1: 41 years ago, that song came out, folks. If you didn't know that. Talking Proud. 41 years ago, 1980. If you guys only knew the hoops that I had to jump through to secure the rights to be able to use this at the opening of the podcast, you'd be amazed. But anyway, great song. And I remember it. I don't know how old you guys listening are, but a Buffalo classic. Anyway, what is going on, everyone? How you doing? What's up? Welcome to... Episode 284, talk Buffalo podcast. Big, big thank you as always to everybody for listening, tuning in. Appreciate all you. If you've not yet subscribed, please go ahead and do that right now. Rate and review, all that fun stuff. It really helps me continue to grow this little podcast of mine. I'm um, coming up in just a couple of minutes. I'm going to have Maniac, Zach Sheldon, the face, I like to call him anyway, the face of train wreck sports good buddy of mine he's been on the show a couple times but it's been a good year and a half since i've actually had him on the podcast so i'm excited to have him on today and we'll talk little bills we'll talk a little savers little podcasting see what he's been up to see what the crew at train wreck sports has been up to always a fun time having zach on the show quite the personality he is so i'll have him for you in just a quick second I wanted to, before we get going, by the way, I want to acknowledge somebody here, uh, a buddy of mine, a childhood buddy of mine from the West Side, Derek Mediac passed away a couple days ago. He was a fixture, a mainstay in the Buffalo music scene locally. Sure, some people who are in the Buffalo music scene might recognize the name, Derek Mediac. But anyway, I, you know, I'm not going to go, I'm not going to get in my soapbox and go on this long rant and give a long commentary about society and everything that's going on right now. But I do want to say this. It sucks that it always takes something bad happening, like a passing, to really kinda of put things in perspective for you. But, you know, besides the fact that these type of gut punches, when you find out someone unexpectedly died, they just become way too common the older you get. Not that I'm old, but I'm old enough. And especially I mean with COVID going on. And by the way, this was not COVID related, uh Derek, unfortunately had a heart attack. But anyway, it just serves as a a continuous reminder that we need to do the best that we can to enjoy our life when we can and enjoy the people around us and everything around us while we can because I think, especially now more today than ever, and I'm including myself, of course, that we spend so much time being spiteful and angry at so much shit going on. And a lot of it is just, Simply put, it's beyond our control, and it's okay to be angry, and for the record, obviously I'm talking mainly politics and society, and it don't matter if you're pro-Trump, if you're anti-Trump, that's not the point. My point is, we're consumed, and I mean consumed, with being angry right now. I got a lot of people on Facebook and Twitter that I know that spend virtually all their time going after the other side, whatever side. Again, that may be, and it's just, I don't know, man, I'm just starting to realize now and again, finding out a buddy of yours passes away at a young age, it just really kind of puts things in perspective. And I realized I, I've been doing it too. I spent too much of my time just being angry about too much shit. So anyway, I don't have a real point here. It's just enjoy life, man. Be happy and just be grateful that we're even here another day. And, you know, I'm sorry for Derek's family and his friends, of course, if any of them are fans of this podcast I suspect at least a couple of them are because again we do have a we had a childhood connection and I know a lot of his buddies really well I'm sure they're going through a lot of pain so just wanted to offer my condolences and again just a little bit of advice advice that I should do a better job of taking as well and that's just don't consume yourself with being angry because it's not productive it's really not anyway back to today's show Again, I'm excited to have maniac on. He's a very he's an entertaining dude, man. I give I give the guy, the young man a, a lot of credit. He's very enthusiastic about what he does. He is a big advocate of Buffalo. He makes uh he does things in a fun way. You know, I don't think Zach takes himself too serious with the content that he puts out. But again, he, He's a very fun person, different, entertaining, and, and I enjoy him a lot. I always look forward to talking to him. So on that note, I'm not going to waste any more time here at the top. Let's just get down to it right now. Here he is, a conversation with my boy, Maniac, from Trainwreck Sports. All right, I'm joined right now by the face of Trainwreck Sports, you know, what? maybe not the prettiest face, but definitely a face nonetheless. Maniac Zach Shelter, what's going on, buddy? How you doing?
0: Thank you, Pat. Such kind words. Thank you for having me again. It's hard to believe it, but here we are on the eve, the day of another Sabres season. I mean, it's just been an unreal experience to be a Buffalo sports fan the last three to five months, and can't wait to see where this wild ride takes us.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I'll tell you what. I Trainwreck Sports to me, anyway, is primarily Entertainment, like one of the reasons why I always try to tune into one of the shows, whether it's UNL or whatever it may be is because I I feel like I get some good laughs, some entertainment value. But let me start here. I want to give you some guys some props because uh, from time to time, you actually are a news organization, very capable of reporting some straight Buffalo sports news. And you guys did that this week. Uh, Trainwreck Sports, for anyone listening who didn't know this, they're the ones who broke, originally originated Avante Freeman's scoop. So I just wanted to, for anything else, I wanted to give you some props on that. Congratulations. That's a good scoop.
0: As, as a czar of all things Buffalo media, the, the fact that you just laid down that ruling means a lot to me and our team, Pat. So I thank you very much. Yeah. It's um, I mean, it's, it, let's face it. You, between you and I, right. Since Dean and McDermott took over, there aren't many scoops to be had. There's not many leaks uh, in that boat. So, the fact that we were able to get that through the circumstances we were and get it out on time, which is always a battle, you know. Uh yeah, we were very happy with the result and we really appreciated. We got a lot of dap from people in the local media. So obviously it's great to have our we that we could do that for our fans because we know our bread and butter is entertainment. We know our bread and butter is being outside the box, but it's nice to prove that we can do this. And like they always say, you know, appreciation from your colleagues tends to mean a little more and, and in this sense it really did mean a lot more.
1: Yeah, and for sure. And I definitely saw a lot of local media giving you guys dabs, which to me, that's important. And, uh, you know, so you guys stay busy, man. You have like a billion different podcasts and other video content at Trainwreck. Stupid question, perhaps. but you know, I'm, I'm asking it anyway. Is it still, because I've known you for a few years now, had you on the podcast a couple of times, you're on actually. It's been a good year and a half since I've had you on this show. I been I've been fortunate to do yours a couple of times, but is it still as fun to you now as it was back in those days or does it feel like a little bit more of a grind than it did a year or two ago or or maybe a little bit of both like what's what's your take on that right now
0: I would say that it does feel like more of a grind but with the prominence that UB football has had that the Bills have had especially the last two years um UB basketball uh again a favorite this year play off to a pretty good start in Mac play but the success they had uh those two or three years prior um I think that kind of supplements a little bit let's face it you know when we're doing rock bottom for the draft show in you know 2017 and producer Burrs is holding an iPhone you know horizontal for an hour and a half straight and there's kind of a fun ignorance is bliss about it. You know what I mean? We didn't really know what we were doing. It was just fun to be doing it. Now it's like you said, we kind of have a focus. We obviously have sponsors. We have a variety of different podcasts. We're trying to make something for everyone. Cause let's face it. There is kind of, you know, the train wreck angle, that casual fan perspective. And despite, you know, how much of a need there is for analytics, how much people are always going to want a proper broadcast, just like that. They're always going to want that fan perspective.
1: Yeah, for sure, and you know, it's one thing, the The good part about being, a, you know, I don't want to say like a nobody, but the good thing about being small and starting out is you can experiment, and you can do whatever you want with no real worry or consequence, but you guys have built up a nice little base over the years now, and again, when you have good guests and good content and you have occasional actual, you know, good breaking news, you, you kind of have almost like a, a responsibility to, to be a little... I don't want to say that you weren't professional before that, but you know what I mean? There's there's a higher standard to be held for you guys for sure. Now, you, again, you guys have multiple podcasts on Trainwreck Sports. Trainwreck Tonight still is the signature show, and that's my favorite. In a way, I mean, we do things differently, but in a way it's kind of similar because you guys have a lot of different guests, a variety of guests on that show. And, you know, I, I look through the list, and I always keep tabs on how you guys are doing, and what an impressive a slate of guests that you guys have had on, even just recently. uh, William Fitcher, that's a a big one. Uh, Summer Sanders, Ashley Rowe, uh, Kim Jones, Lindy Ruff, many more. So first of all, again, props to you for, for getting a lot of these guests. And I know you have a lot to do with that. And I'm sure you've learned this now, probably more even so than maybe a year or two ago, the hustle. There's a lot of hustle involved. And because I get asked this a lot, well, how do you get these guests? And I'm sure you do at some point as well it's a lot of hustle involved in being able to uh, get people like that. Cause I mean, these are some pretty big names that you've been able to have on train tonight.
0: It's kind of the show itself is kind of like a, a, a cake, right? Pat It's because it, behind the scenes, you're putting in the work, you're, you know, you're getting the eggs, you're getting the flour, you're getting the milk, you're doing. You're, you're sending those texts, you're sending those emails, you're working out a window for when it can work. And yeah, it's, it really is a grind. So, I mean, you know, first off, and, you know, I don't want to sound like we're just tooting each other's horns, but you know the deal. You you always try and get good guests for your show and for, you know, all of our shows. That's the same goal. I mean, we we know that people will tune in for us, but at the same time, the best way we can supplement that is with a variety of guests that bring different perspectives and different experiences to the surface. So, again, not to sound like we're tooting each other's horns, but kudos for yourself uh, doing a good job as that as well. But, yeah, it's really a grind. And uh, so shout out to, like, you know, the Kim Jones... And let's face it, you know, I'll I'll take a little bit behind the scenes right now. Kim Jones is a professional's professional. Everything is, you know, and this is talking about two interactions with her. Everything is by the book. Everything is done, you know, a, a and a, for lack of a better term, a proper way. So sure. she gets on, uh, so she agrees to do our show. You know, I send her a link to our profile, tell her we're covering the bills. We were at training camp last week, last year, yada, yada, yada. And we get her on the broadcast, and I'm in sunglasses and a Josh Allen Buffalo Braves jersey. And she just goes, What's with the what's with the jersey? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I mean, it's a little panicky, you know, because you know, it's not like a Nate Geary or a Matt Beauvais that kind of has that familiarity with us, knows we're a little bit outside the box. And I just said, We just like to have fun. And she goes, Oh, great, let's do it. <laughs> and you know, it's just kind of that. It's uh so kudos to her and, and kudos to everyone. Summer Sanders, like you said, William Victor, it's awesome. I literally, I mean, Pat, I'm a little bit starstruck myself when, I, when I'm when i in these Zoom rooms. It's pretty unbelievable.
1: Sure. And, you know, it's funny. I remember this about a year and a half or so ago, we were discussing our favorite guests that we had had on our shows. And, you know, back in those days, not like it was like 10 years ago, but like I remember you saying like Nate Geary, one of your favorites, of course, Sal Capaccio. And I know those are still among your favorite guests, at least locally, but like, over this nice run that you guys have had, like, do you have one or two favorite guests that have really stuck out? Like I said, during this run of really good guests that you've been able to have on. Guests, by the way, that not a lot of other people get on their shows. So again, props for that. But do you have one or two favorites?
0: Well, it's a constant battle. Well, because you want to have an entertaining show, right? Sure. Um, so for us, the I'd say the common factor that can really take a show to the next level for us is how much the guest is willing to engage on our on our quote-unquote level um because you know there will be the you know like we had marcel louis jack on yesterday and or a couple days ago and he's amazing stout professional and you know he can casual talk it up with the best of them but as far as sports he does want to keep it pretty business focused sure does want to keep it pretty straightforward you know and like in the same regard you have sal cabaccio for wgr um but at the same time he'll do a sideline sale with us where he'll talk about you know he'll announce King Joffrey cutting out Ned Stark's head, like he's on the sidelines for it and things like that. Um, so obviously I've loved when we've had Sal on. Um, with that said, I know I'm going to make someone upset, but that's that's actually one of my hobbies. So why don't I do it? I will say one of our favorite shows uh, we did, we actually did a pre-show at Riverworks. Um, Matt Barnaby and Brad May were doing a Tales from the Penalty Box, and we did a pre-show with, Matt Barnaby and Brad May. That was one of my favorite shows. Brad Matt Barnaby gave uh, Al a wedgie. Uh, that was pretty incredible. Um, and then, honestly, I got to say it's Summer Sanders. Um, just being a figure it out, Mark. Uh, being a Nickelodeon kid, having Summer on and playing uh, games with her, and just and by the way, Summer's enthusiasm for the Bills. That's the that's the craziest thing. Talking about talking with William Fickner, talking with Summer Sanders. The it really felt like for those twenty five to thirty-five minutes that we had him on, we were really just talking with Bills fans. And that's that's really I mean, I know it's in the air right now, but it's it's still crazy. Like you look at, you know, William Fickner's accolades, Entourage, Armageddon, Dark Knight, Prison Break, all kinds of things, but he's just ranting about how unbelievable Josh Allen is. And so it's really something to behold uh these Western New Yorkers and how we're all kind of the same at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. You know, I wanna highlight two that you've had on that I've also been fortunate enough to have on this podcast and they're not sports people. And I want to highlight them because they're two of my personal favorites and they're both, you know, I like, I try to like all new stations equally, but I'm not going to lie. I've grew up a channel seven person and they're both channel seven people. One's Ashley Rowe. And I love Ashley so much, man. I, um, she, so I don't know if you know this act, but not long ago, a couple of weeks ago, before, before the bills played the Steelers, uh, a good friend of mine passed away from COVID and he was just 40 years old and it was sudden. And I, 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 they were playing the Steelers that week and I really wanted to get something out. I felt like it was a good way to pay tribute to him because he had some really good photos and a good story. And I reached out to a couple people and, and I instantly thought of Ashley and she couldn't have been better, man. She talked to the family, put together a really nice tribute on Channel 7 for her. I love her. And then the other one, you guys, uh, mad- you've had Maddie on your show, right? Madison Carter. I remember that. I, I, I'm oh, sport, yeah. so. Well I, hot, hot girl Mads that she likes to be known by. I'm telling you right now, and I've said this before, I think she is the best reporter in the game. Any station, news or sports. She's one of those people like we're sitting there talking to her recently. Dude, five years from now, she's going to be on CNN or ABC World News. Some That's She's on a, she's on a ship going or skyrocket. You know what I mean? I'm a huge fan of hers, but yeah, those are two people that you've had on uh, your show too. I think Buffalo just period right now when it comes to podcasting is on a good roll. I think there's more good shows now than there's ever been when it comes to uh, this market. I'm sure you agree. And I know you do a lot of these other shows as well.
0: Yeah. Oh, I mean, that's, that's the beauty of it. We're very fortunate. Um, You know, whether you want, a casual fan approach like us or say rock pile report. If you want the analytics and the X's and O's broken down by say, you know, cover one or Buffalo chatter, or if you just want the whole kit and caboodle over at Buffalo fanatics or, and then yeah, breaking down the personalities behind it. You got the ranting runs, you got the Pat Morant's. I mean, we are a very fortunate people in the Western New York sports universe, honestly. And sometimes you take it for granted, but at the same time, it's that passion, that we have that makes us go crazy as fans that has us thousands of fans at the airport that has us ready to get behind the Sabres when they win two games in a row that, you know, causes that, you know, it's, a, it's an equal onset of
1: emotion, I guess you could say. For sure. Now, have you found it more challenging or easier or maybe the same to produce content because of COVID? Now I know you guys, like at least with train wreck sports, you would generally, you would have your show in your studio D And you'd have guests, not all the time, but you'd have guests in there pretty regularly. Obviously, can't really do much of that right now. And a lot of the interviews are via Zoom. So like, how's it been for you? Like for me, this honestly, because right now I'm not currently in Buffalo. So nothing's really changed for me. Like I still talk to people via phone and Skype and and, and Zoom and Zencaster, whereas you guys did a lot more stuff face-to-face in person, but you can't really do that right now. Is that a little bit frustrating to you or are you just kind of, doing the best you can to, to roll with the punches right now?
0: Well, you know, not to set a bad example, but obviously numbers were kind of lowering like over the summer to where, you know, people were allowed inside sure. without masks on and stuff like that. So when we were at Seneca one doing the the Buffalo blue Jays, that was awesome for us because it got us interacting. And you're, you're right. We typically do shows at studio D, but yeah, we've had to game plan. And obviously as this has gotten serious, we want to see it. You know, we want to take all the, protocols to be safe and everything and get this i mean i mean obviously not over with but you know you want to get things going in the right direction as soon as possible so that there can be a return to societal normalcy inside but the real fall off for us pat i mean for you know with with me i love throwing a mic in people's faces and making you know pop culture references and seeing how they react whether people love seeing the emotion on, you know, L or producer Burr's face when they, you know, hit a big gambling play or something like that—that's what's really lost for us, I think, is the emotion and people feeling kind of connected to the product. It's just like any product. Like I went to the, you know, the Bills Stadium today, and you know, it, the energy of the Bills kind of washed over me, even though they've been so good, even though we've been watching these games, even though we've been in taking the highlights and watching all the podcasts kind of, you know, been missing. And when I went to the stadium, I kind of felt that magic again.
1: You know, I I think of you guys a lot when it comes to the effects of COVID in terms of like, you guys do a lot of content, like in Bill's parking lots during home games, typically speaking. And this is the years where frankly, they weren't, you know, weren't all that good. I mean, they were been respectable the last couple of years, but I think specifically this year, a championship caliber team. And uh, the, the, not that you guys didn't have fun, regardless of how good they are, but just this year specifically, just it's felt special on the field. And, you know, I feel for guys like you and, and the crew at Trainwreck who, you know, didn't get that opportunity to do a lot of, ta- I'm, I'm basically saying a lot of the tailgating shit that you guys would have been able to do this year with the enthusiasm that's going on in Buffalo. It just would have been, it would have been iconic shit.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like, so, you know, you know, when this, when the pan, uh, with the pandemic zoom is taken off streaming services are obviously bigger, bigger than ever. It's kind of just that adjustment for us. Obviously we can't do the parking lot stuff. there aren't huge groups congregating so we can get great footage. I mean, you look last year, rec room during the Texans playoff game looks like it was from a different, you know, reality. The place is packed. Everyone's jumping all over. So how do you fix that? I mean, luckily we've, you know, we've gotten a little bit better at the, uh, business and production side. Um, you know, a lot of us are learning how to stream video and things like that. So taking steps forward there, uh, shout out to our, our, you know, editor, Joe cons train, right now is producing more articles than it ever has. Uh, the views year over year are, you know, up in the hundreds of percents to nearly a thousand percent. So that's moving in the right direction. So, it's exactly like you said. We've we've lost out on a lot of areas, but I would like to think, and, and time will tell. Our our team has done their best to be diligent and you know try and keep everything moving in the right direction. I think, like I, like we said, in the coming weeks, especially with Saber season, you be in the May we'll, or March will really see uh, where we're
1: at. How? So I, I I give you credit constantly for being, if nothing else. You're a guy that's always, and again, this is pre-COVID, but like you're everywhere. You're out there. No matter what the event is, it doesn't have to be a Bills or Sabres game. It could pretty much be anything that's going on, and you could count on seeing Maniac with that microphone doing some form of report, whether it's something serious, whether it's something funny. You have your finger on the pulse for reasons like that, I say, as much as anybody in Buffalo, how much has the Bills' success meant in a year like this with COVID and you know, all this death and all these terrible things going on and people being locked in, kind of having a hopeless feeling. But, you know, with the Bills playing as well as they are, I was just in Buffalo over Christmas. Now, wasn't really much going on, a lot of restrictions, but you can still feel the vibe in the city, the a sea of Bills gear no matter where you go. Bills flags up all over the place. Like, how much do you think, as cheesy as it might sound, a football team having this type of success, how much do you think it's helped – people in Western New York cope with all this terrible shit that's just going on around them.
0: Well, just having something else to focus on, especially with it being positive, especially with it being something we love. I think it was Del Reed or is Del Reed uh, who says the Buffalo bills are, are like an extra member in everybody's family uh, in Buffalo. Cause so yeah, no doubt it's great to have something positive uh, to focus on. I think as far as being a bills fan, the idea of being a Bill Sand is truly, this, sound, this might sound overblown, but has been transformed the last two years. Obviously, making the playoffs in 2017 was great, and 2018 was obviously a, a forgotten season now that you look back on it. But, with that said, 2019, I mean, they just look legitimate. They play well in primetime. 2020, another year where they look legitimate, they play well in primetime. And you know, Pat, obviously like for you in Florida, have you been like rocking like bill stuff and anybody said anything to you?
1: Oh yeah. All the time. More than yeah, ever. Like
0: I, I have friends, I have friends that are, you know, rocking bills in Colorado, Florida, California. And the talk isn't, Oh, or, you know, Oh, Oh, the bills like a joke. The questions that they're getting are, Oh, are you really a bills fan? Because now the bills are a legitimate bandwagon that people could be jumping out. That's the transformation. And, and bills fans are going to have a tough time with it as it occurs for the next year or two while mcdermott kind of cements this legitimacy for this organization but you don't need to battle uh you know to be upset about not hearing about the bills during an nfl live segment on espn anymore you don't have to be upset when someone doesn't have you know the bills in their sleepers anymore because the perspective is out there the talking heads are going to do what the talking heads are going to do we know what we have in house and that's I mean, knock on wood and knock on this chair, I'm sitting in a legitimate NFL team.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I'll tell you, I'm look, I mean, I've been down here for a couple of years. I always wear Bill's gear. And the difference between then and now is a couple of years ago, because I'm, I'm in Florida, it's a transplant state, and there's plenty of Buffalo people who migrate down here. You always hear, go Bills, you know, you go to Walmart or Publix or whatever. The difference is now, I think Bill's fans, and especially in other cities, got to stick out your chest a little bit more and people don't just acknowledge you as a football. Like they know that your team is good. You know, like they, they know what's going on. It, it's definitely a vibe. And this is the first time, and I've said this, this is the first time where I'm legitimately jealous to not be in Buffalo as a bills fan, because it's not the same. It's really cool. Like I watched games with a handful of fuck fellow Buffalonians down here, but it's not the same as being up in Buffalo. People live and die with, with a win or a loss, whereas down here it's like, yeah, you know, well that sucked. And then, and then you just uh, move on. But anyway, look, so I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about I, the,
0: I'd say in ahead. that regard, by the way, you're, you're not that much different than, than everyone in Western Europe. Just truth be told. I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, down in jury, but since numbers started going back up around November and, you know, separation was encouraged, I've watched basically every Bills game by myself. I don't, I don't want to sound like upsetting or depressed. I do the train wreck pregame show, halftime show and post game show for the Bills as well. So it makes it easier. But yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a, there is an aspect to this season that you can't overlook. And, and what, you know, regardless of how positive you want to be about, it, which is totally fine. I'm not saying you have to be negative about it, but you just can't ignore the fact that this, there isn't a missing vibe right now. Like, like, you know, retail stores aren't at full you know, throttle, full capacity, things like that, just because the interactions with the go Buffaloes and go Bills would be so much more, but I think it is stepping up and yeah, there's a lot to look forward to obviously going forward.
1: There is. And again, I, it makes me very much look forward to potentially, again, nothing is completely official yet, but the Buffalo Bills have played a big role in me missing Buffalo beyond just my family and beyond my friends, like what's going on right now, this movement, this enthusiasm, I want to be a part of it. And you know, my son is going to be going to college in Pennsylvania. He took an offer in Pennsylvania. So that is probably, it's definitely bringing him up North and it's probably bringing me up North with him, which I've wanted to do. But again, I don't want to get ahead of myself because that's not official. But my point was the Buffalo Bills and, and everything that's going on and the fans and just, that vibe really has me yearning to go back home to uh to Buffalo, and I, I think it's going to happen. Not sure, but I'm, I'm pretty confident it's going to happen. But in terms of this game, maniac, I want to spend a couple of minutes talking about it. I want your honest opinion, okay? I think, and this is not to say that I don't think the Buffalo Bills are going to win, but I, this is a bad matchup for the Bills. I'm, if I'm being honest, and I'm, I'm again, I'm certainly not saying I don't think the Bills can or will win, but. It's not the matchup I think that I wanted to see him round two. In fact, I know it's not. I was very annoyed and aggravated and mad at the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday night when they just completely blew it against Cleveland. Like, what was your initial in real time reaction to learning that the Bills are going to play Baltimore? Were you excited about it or were you like, shit? Like, what was your real time thought? First up,
0: real time reaction Clarion University, right? Yes. Okay. So that is officially, I'm announcing this here, the favorite football program in the state of Pennsylvania of train wreck sports. So now we are on the bandwagon. <laughs> we are all aboard there and we're hoping to get Pat Moran back in Western New York, of course. Um, but just about that's that circumstance, you know what, at the NFL playoff level, things are going to happen uh, as they do. And, and I don't mean to make that sound like a whole bunch of nothing talk, but. The the Steelers at the end of the day were pretty fraudulent. Uh they lost what four of their last five games going down the stretch. Uh yeah, I mean, we were hoping maybe they would click something in the playoffs. Big Ben would feel a little bit refreshed, but he didn't. And the Browns have a good defense, the Browns have a good rushing attack, and the Browns have a quarterback that can make plays here or there uh from time to time. So with that said, with that all taken into account, um, is it a good matchup for the Bills? I don't think there are going to be any good matchups. I mean, going forward, Pat, we're in the divisional round of the playoffs. There are there are eight teams left playing for the Lombardi Trophy. I mean, I think that all we can ask for is a little bit conditions uh, on Saturday night that are good for passing, um, and I think from there our our team can take care of business. Obviously, the stat that's floating around right now that's very popular with Bills fans is that the Ravens are a blitz heavy team. Josh Allen faced fared well against the blitz this year. I would say not so fast. You know, if a team pat plays plays good against the zone in college basketball, does that necessarily mean that they're going to fare well against Syracuse?
1: Right. I I hear you. That- because
0: this is a, this is a Ravens team that blitzes well. Obviously, they're they're like Pano. How do they do it? They do it well. Um, but it'll be a t- time will tell. I think that the big thing that if you want to, if you want to be a Bills fan and be positive about this game, you think it's a bad match Pat. So I'll kick this back to you. But I do think that there was an aspect to last week's game against the Colts where they didn't play as well as they could. They got some calls against them and the Colts played pretty well. To be honest, I thought Philip rivers dealt and I thought uh, Frank Reich had a pretty good had his guys ready to play. So with that all said, I think there's kind of a they dodged a bullet kind of wiping their brow and maybe they kind of take out a little of that steam and get some momentum going against these Baltimore Ravens.
1: I agree with all everything you said. See, to me, there's two narratives about the Ravens one now or right now. One of them, I don't really care so much about the other one. I do, The The one that I don't care so much about is how hot they are and and that they're on a, a winning streak. But if you look at the teams that they beat. I mean, they among them, I think they won six in a row. What I'm looking right now. it was Yeah, six yeah, in a row. Yeah, they,
0: they've played nobody. It's yeah, plain they, and simple.
1: Yeah, except for Cleveland. They won at Cleveland, which again, that was a that game came down to the end. It was a very weird game. But yeah, they beat Dallas. They beat Jacksonville. They beat the Giants. They beat the Bengals. Those are four of the teams that they beat right there. Uh, Cleveland was the one good victory. And then the playoff game last week against Tennessee. So I'm not worried about that narrative. But what I am worried about, and this is undeniable. You don't need to be an expert, All right. I don't need to be Eric Turner or Greg Thompson for Cumber One or Bruce Nolan for <laughs> Rumlings I don't need to be these guys. I don't need to be those guys to tell you this. Baltimore runs the hell out of the football and the bills, although improved and they have definitely been improved the second half of the season. They're still not great at stopping the run. And I looked at the rushing yards over the last six games for the Ravens. Dude, 236 against Tennessee, 404 against Cincy, 249 against the Giants, 159 against the Jags, 231 against the Browns, 294 against Dallas. Those are scary ass numbers. And if you're playing a good team like the Bills with an offense, what would be the key to beating them? Running the ball, moving the chains, keeping the offense off the field. Baltimore seems to excel at that. That's what concerns me most about this team. And again, I'm not saying the Bills can't win or that they won't win, but you got to, That's something you got to take serious because this team can run the football with the running backs too, not just Lamar. Yeah. Uh,
0: I'm going to hit the tennis ball right back at you. You made all legitimate points. With that said, I just think the Bills are the more confident team right now. I think that on the defensive side of the ball, yeah, they've struggled a little bit against the run, and obviously the Ravens have bench but that's what the NFL's all about. I mean, Belichick won those titles. What did he do every week, Pat? He took away the best thing that the other team did. So that's what the Bills are going to be aiming to do. They're going to be aiming to take away the run, and they're going to want to make Lamar stand in the pocket and beat them. And the funny thing is, to me, is that if you look at a lot of the Ravens talk, that's what they're saying about Josh Allen. They, they're saying, oh, we can beat Josh Allen. We just got to keep him in the pocket. I think he proved this year that that's not necessarily the case.
1: Yeah. I'm also, last year, he couldn't throw a deep ball to save his life, and now he's been absolutely uh, deadly. So the running game scares me, and we'll get into some positive stuff in a second. And then the other thing, there's one other thing that scares me is, and this goes back to the Colts game, which, by the way, you brought up some good points. To me, it's very telling for the Bills that they were able to win despite the fact that Phillip Rivers played well, that they didn't get any turnovers. That Indy controlled the clock. They had more first downs. They were 9 for 17, I think, on third downs. But I'm concerned about tight ends because Doyle Cox and Burden, they combined for, I'm looking it up now, 14 catches for 136 yards. I'm not afraid of any Baltimore receiver except for Mark Andrews. I, I He's a very good tight end, and I think Milan, whether it's Milano or Teron Johnson, Poyer, or some combination of all them, whoever is going to be in charge of him, they're going to have their hands full because – He's a legitimate weapon and the tight end position is definitely one. That's maybe even more than wide receiver. That's really hurt the bills this year. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is that when you look at the transformation of like NFL offenses, and I'm not going to try and sound like some kind of guru here. Okay. I'm just using the terminology I know, but you look at, you know, Travis Kelsey, Gronkowski, obviously leading the way, you know, in the past 10 years, um, Kittle. It's more that, you have all these guys now, a wide receiver can run a 4-2, a CB can run a 4-2, and and of course they all can't, but they can all run, you know, 4-3 or 4-4. If you can get that, you know, 0.2 second difference at tight end versus a linebacker, that's going to get your offense much more of an advantage. So you see the NFL's, you know, kind of gone to those tight ends over the last couple of years, especially with the Patriots. I mean, I hate to bring his name up, but Aaron Hernandez, Robert you bring up Kittle, uh, Austin Hooper for the Cleveland Browns, and yeah, Mark Andrews for the Ravens It's going to be very key. I mean, I think it goes without saying, but you know, I've had people tell me Teron Johnson's the most important defender. I think we had Joe Biscaglia say Mario Addison is going to be the most important defender for the bills this weekend because of what he's going to have to do in the run game. But I think it's, it's two guys and it's uh Tremaine Edmonds and it's Matt Milano. How, how well can they do about managing what Mark Andrews can do and how well can they do to, you know, make sure they keep him in the pocket.
1: Yeah. And I'll tell you, I think that Arizona game, is the game I go back to that it it scares me in a way because that was Kyler Murray played. I mean, he threw for two forty five, but then he ran for 61 yards and two touchdowns. And I'm afraid when I look back that I could see Baltimore doing that. But again, Matt Milano didn't even play that game and Tremaine Edmonds was nowhere near uh, the player that he is now from a bill's perspective. Like what are one or two things that about this matchup that excites you the most? Like one or, One or two things that when you think of the Bills, whether it's something on the field, like technically or just mentally, psychologically, one or two things that you feel really benefit the Bills the most about this game on Saturday night?
0: Well, the one I've discussed already, which I won't use here, is is the psyche. The fact that they got away with not their best game last week, had some bounces go against them, the Colts played well, and they survived. I think it's big to show that you can fire your best shot, and still win or absolutely fire by shot and so on. and they knew they had something to work on if you look at the post-game uh you know huddle in the locker room mcdermott says you know a lot to to fix her but still something to go what gets me most excited i would say honestly pat um to be uh, obviously the allen versus the blitz stuff does excite me because i think we'll know right away you know how he's feeling versus the blitz if he forces them to make an adjustment I'm very excited to get Cole Beasley back to full health. I think he's uh, disclosed to reporters that he's very much closer to that 100% than he was last week, which is crucial. He still had a very nice game last week. And overall, I'm just very excited on the defensive side of the ball. I thought that the Colts made some good plays here and there. But despite allowing the 24 points, which obviously they uh, put up a touchdown with a two-point conversion when they were down double digits, Um, I thought they played pretty well and were able to dictate the pace to Indianapolis. And if they can do that at the line of scrimmage, whether it's shutting down, you know, an Ingram or shutting down even Lamar or the Gus bus. um, I think that they can get some momentum going early. I've seen a lot lot of bills fans with confidence. And I think the team is feeling the same way.
1: The two things that kind of stick out to me the most that are work good for the bills is Josh Allen. To me now he's battle tested. He had an MVP quality, worthy, regular season for sure. But I needed to see him make big plays in a playoff game because, I mean, even you go back just one year and the opponent for Sunday or for Saturday, Lamar Jackson, MVP season, and he kind of stunk in the playoffs against Tennessee last year. I was concerned about that with Josh Allen. I think it was important that the Bills beat the Colts, not just that they won the game, but that they did it because Josh Allen was a uh, an asset as opposed to a liability like if the bills would have won that game thirteen to seven and Josh played terrible or even mediocre I should say, I'd be a lot more concerned so i'm I'm excited that he faced a good football team in the Colts, which don't have any like they don't have superstars quote unquote, but the Colts also are a team that don't have any weaknesses real and I kind of feel like Baltimore to some extent is that way so I'm glad that Josh had see's battle tested now. And also, I know that they might be like maybe a one and a half point favor right now. I mean, you're the gambler, dude. You know better than me. But I'm starting to feel I'm starting to feel like there's an underdog reception going on with the Bills right now. I'm watching a lot of national people saying that the Bills are that Baltimore's going to win, and I don't want these guys getting too confident and feeling themselves too much. You know what I'm saying? So I'm kind of happy that the, the at least in terms of the media and what you know, you you turn on ESPN and Fox and all these stations, it kind of feels like they're gravitating towards Baltimore winning. And I actually think that's an advantage for Buffalo.
0: So you think talking points wise, that that's super easy to do and almost like lazy. Let me tell you why. Strip the Baltimore Ravens of everything you know. Like everything you know about them, everything you know. Okay. Just look at look at John Harbaugh's record in the postseason, the experience he has there, and the fact that they have last year's MVP. Of course, they're, they're going to be trendy to talk about as an underdog, right? Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, it's crazy. You look at how much experience Harbaugh has versus McDermott, um, Lamar Jackson having an MVP year. And, like, of course, you know, Allen had an MVP year this year, but does everyone know that? Is that the public perception? Because that's what Vegas puts that line out on. So, it opened at minus two, some spots minus three, some spots minus two and a half. There's been a lot of action on Baltimore, and that's a good thing because, let's face it, the public does not win more often than not when it comes to Vegas. That is just a... Scientific facts, uh to quote anchorman, I believe it is. Um, and you look at it last week, 91% of the action on, on Bill's minus six, bills minus six and a half, bills minus seven. And of course, what happens? Vegas gets the last laugh.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what, sure, as long as Green Bay beats the Rams this weekend, you're looking at no matter how the game's go in either conference, some like iconic conference championship matchups because Let's. I'm gonna. I'm going to go ahead, and I'm sure maybe I'll sound like an idiot next week, but I think to choose or choosers, a genius, I'll,
0: one of the two. No, nah, the only a, two that exists on the internet.
1: <laughs> well, I don't think it would take a genius to say that. I, I don't. I think the Browns are a good story, but I think their season ends this weekend. So you got Mahomes against either Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson, which that's going to be amazing. And then in the NFC, again, as long as Green Bay can knock off the Rams at home, you're going to have Aaron Rodgers going against either breeze or Brady. Those are going to be some really juicy quarterback matchups for uh, the conference championships, which leads to this? I got to get an official because this is my last show before the game on Saturday. I want to get your official. And I don't know if you've done it on your show yet, or yep, you already have, all right? So oh yeah, we're ready to go. All right, I want your official prediction on this game. Give me the winner. I want to score as well.
0: Yep, I got. I think they get out to a strong start. There will always be moments of worry, no matter what's happening in the Bills game, but they will write the shit. Maybe, maybe a big Lamar Jackson run, but this team's—you know—the difference between this team and every team during the drought and every team that might not be capable of of "quote unquote" winning is that they're not phased when something happens to them. And maybe it was the, the Hale Murray that kind of like ingrained that in them with the bye week, but. They're not going to be phased, so maybe there will be a big play. Maybe it will be a big play on the defensive side of the ball for the Ravens, but I think the Bills are going to get a strong start, especially from the offensive side of the ball. I think maybe they try and get a little too ball-controlly in the second half instead of uh, just scoring, maybe letting the Ravens back into it, but the Bills ultimately get it done. They're going to the AFC Championship. Bills 28, Ravens
1: 23. 28-23. All right, so I admitted on Sunday night, That I was disgusted about this matchup, and that led into Monday. Tuesday, Wednesday, I grew a lot more confident. Now it's late in the Thursday, and I'm sure it's going to be this way in the game time. I'm just flat out nervous. Not even going to lie. But at the end of the day, I I think the Bills are going to win as well. I really do. I think a big reason is going to be the defense. I think the defense is going to make some plays. I think Lamar is going to break off a couple runs, they might get their yards. But I think, unlike the Colts game, I think the Bills are going to get two turnovers, and I think that's going to ultimately be the difference. I got the Bills winning 27-17. And write this down, too. I w- okay. By the way, last week, you could write this in pen. Don't even write in pencil. Go write to pen. I said last week Dawson Knox was scoring. I'm telling you this week, John Brown's getting in the end zone. You can write that down in pen, too. Okay, do you do John it?
0: Brown. Yeah, yeah, that's a revenge. You writing it down right stroke, now for sure. I'm right. Yep, I'm scribbling <laughs> it down in well, my chicken scratch.
1: <laughs> before we get out of here, I just want to spend a couple minutes talking Sabers. Now, again, we are taping this shortly before the season opener against the Caps, so we don't know how that's going to go. But, like, what, what's your level of excitement right now? Is it at least temporarily skewed a little bit because of the Bills and? you know, the, the rise of their season. And obviously that they're still playing in a big game this Saturday. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of your minds on that, but like, are you pretty excited about this uh, NHL finally getting going? I know you're a hockey guy much more than I am.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely a bigger bills fan. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. And I would be lying if I said it wasn't skewed at all. But with that said, I'm very excited. I'm enthusiastic about the Savers season. They went out and acquired again, to take away everything, you know, about the savers, Pat, just like we were talking about that Ravens matchup. The Sabres went out and acquired a guy, and that guy is a top 10 favorite for the MVP voting right now. That sounds to me like that's a pretty good acquisition as far as adding something to your team. So I don't know if it's going to take away from Michael, Reiner, or whatnot, but adding Hall, adding Stall. I mean, I said earlier, if Cody Eakin is good, Sabres Twitter is not going to know what to do. Because all I've been hearing since they acquired these guys, he's basically just a, a pylon out there. Uh, But we'll see what happens. I'm very optimistic. I'd say I'm more optimistic than most. I obviously want to be because I want to be able to cut my hair finally. The Bills won a playoff game at home before the Sabres won one playoff game. It's just like a crazy reality to be in. The one thing I am a little down about is the way they restock the divisions. I get that they had to do it, and I appreciate them being safe and wanting to get these games on for us. It does not work out for the Sabres at the outset. Uh, It doesn't look like... um, Certain teams it doesn't look like it's going to be any easier than a typical year would have been for the Sabres. So that's the only thing I'm down about. But with that said, here's my spin zone Pat. Okay, mm-hmm. in 2017, 2018, 2019, regardless of what was happening with the Bills, who were always good, there was there was still a focus on the Sabres. There was still a, a very much a pressure to do well. They they felt pressure from the fans. They would you know play well and then they would fall off and the arena would empty. This year, they're not going to have to deal with any arenas of people for, for the very start, at least, for sure. They're not going to have to deal with any crowds. They're not going to have to deal with any fans or their fans in the seats or their fans not. It's just going to be them and the ice. And let's face it, it's like you said with the skewed thing. There couldn't be less attention on the Savers right now. So realistically, there's, there's, there couldn't be less pressure on the Savers right now. So it's a great time for them to have a strong start. With that said, they've had strong starts the last two years and it hasn't developed too much. So the key thing I would say to Sabres fans is let's wait until we get to about 20 games in before we start making any judgments. But with that said, I'm pumped up and I'm ready to go. I can't wait to see Eichel. I can't wait to see the new Dalene. Apparently he's put on a lot of muscle there. Uh, you know, that'll happen when you go from 20 to 21 or however young he is. Um, I'm excited. I know I'm a little bit more excited than the typical Buffalo sports fan, I believe, but I'm pumped up for Sabres season. I'm ready to get on that war path.
1: Joe Yurden on Tuesday's show brought up a good point and mentioned that the Sabres the last couple of years have gotten off to really good starts and then they taper off really badly. The difference is this year, if they got off, to, if they had a 10 game winning streak or anything like yeah, that, oh, they'd be halfway only, there. Yeah, There's only yep. 56 games during the regular season. You, exactly. bring up, you also bring up a good point. The downside is they're, they're just in a horrible, terrible division. And that, by that, I mean aside from New Jersey, just a really stacked division with Boston and Pittsburgh and Philly and Washington. Even, you know, the Rangers are pretty good. Uh, Let me ask you this too. With all due respect to my buddy, Chad Domenicis and these analytic guys for hockey, like what's your take on that? Because I gotta be honest with you. I'm I'm an NBA guy and an NFL guy. And one of my favorite things is you and I could watch a Bills game and I could tell you Dude, I don't think Jerry Hughes played very well. And we'll discuss that. Hockey, good luck with that shit. Because if I tell you, <laughs> if I tell you, if I tell you, uh, you know. Um, but, but he had a 3.6 expected goals, That's Pat. my point, man. If I, <laughs> if I tell you that Cousins ain't doing shit because he's got three goals hey, in hey, 19 games. Think, and I'm on armed would... with all this five on five and left hand from the left slot. When there are two guys down with four minutes left in the second period. I can't stand it. I love, again, I respect Alan a lot of those guys are smart people, but that's what I hate about hockey. You can't have a hockey conversation anymore without having knowledge of analytics and all these advanced stats. I hate it.
0: All I know is the Sabres lost Johan Larson. I, I thought the Sabres lost Johan Larson to free agency, but apparently they lost Wayne Gretzky Jr. by the reaction <laughs> of, of Sabres Twitter. And I get it. He was really good at defending the first line, yada, yada, yada at the end of the day, the guy, the guy had like 14 goals in, in four seasons. You're telling me that can't be improved a little bit.
1: Yeah, I know. That's
0: can't get a little bit more scoring. Like what is going on? I, I, and so again, I don't, I would never claim to know. And I would definitely not claim to know more than Chad and, uh, Anthony over at expected Buffalo. But with that said, the, the, the good thing I did hear from Chad, speaking of insider Chad, he said that, uh, Going into this year, the player that's pumped him up the most in camp has been Carter Hutton. So it'll be very interesting to see if, if Hutton can get off to a strong start, like you said, they would basically be halfway to the playoffs.
1: Yeah. I mean, sure. I don't see it happening. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not going to lie to you, you even. Couldn't
0: even. You couldn't even entertain that. If, idea this, for, if, this, was, if, if
1: this was a video, it, you would have been having fun looking at my facial reaction is, as, <laughs> as you said that. But yeah, again, with the, with the advanced stats, a guy like Cody Eakin, I don't want to hear anything other How how much is he scoring, okay? Because you win the game by yep. putting the buck in the net. And I know it's a really old school dinosaur take to have, but, you know, it, it just is what it is. Last thing, then I'm going to let you go here. So, like, when you look at the Sabres, like, what do you think is, like, their realistic floor? Like, what do you think is the worst this team could do realistically? And what do you think is the best that they could do realistically this year? Ballpark, at least.
0: Yeah, well, so they're in the new East Division, obviously, which just running it down again is Flyers, Bruins, Devils, Islanders, Rangers, Capitals, Penguins. So let's, I mean, what's the floor? I mean, let's face it. If Ovechkin refuses to die like The Undertaker, if Crosby and Malkin are still the way they've been somehow, uh, it could be trouble. I mean, their floor could be... Um, where they ended up last year, right around you know twenty third to twenty seventh in the in the NHL, which obviously would be a massive disappointment to everybody. Um, and the way that it's you know happened, just like with the Bills, Pat. I mean, it's like it's not what you've done this year necessarily, but it's the fact that the last five to eight years are weighing on you. Nichols, you know, said he's only addressing this year, which I think is a good tactic for him. So I think their floor is twenty, you know, four to twenty seven in the NHL. With that said, I think their ceiling. I mean, I think their ceiling is pretty high. It's it's easy to get fired up, but yeah, you get a couple good games at a hut in Olmark. Dalian takes that next step to actually being a top five defenseman versus just occasionally doing top five defenseman things. Eichel, Hall, Skinner, Reinhardt, all twenty goals plus. You get Eichel or Hall or Skinner to go off, and I get Skinner with the third line thing is tough right now, but maybe two and a half lines that can actually score is a good idea for the Sabres. I mean, maybe that is actually something to think about. Um, so with that said, if those things happen, yeah, maybe, you know, maybe Rasmus risks the line and having a good analytical season is the one thing we need to happen for the Sabres to get to the playoffs. Back.
1: <laughs> that is above all else. You know, this isn't really a prediction, but kind of a, um, a spoiler, a, not a small, well, no, no, no. I'm something I'm afraid of. Uh, let, let's say that, there's a lot of pressure on this team this year. If they stay, and I know it's a short season and I know there's weird circumstances and I know the divisions are all out of whack, but if the Sabres have another shit ball of a season, I'm starting to worry that you might be seeing starting tonight, Thursday night, the the final, the first of Jack Eichel's final 56 games is a Buffalo Sabre. If
0: if it's they, possible, if, if, if they're bad again,
1: that. if they're bad again this year, you're talking what, six years now of being absolutely miserable in a, a guy who's played above or at a minimum expectations, maybe even above realistic expectations. He's done everything he can do to help his team win. I'm going to assume he's having another good year. They got Taylor Hall. They go nowhere. Hall's only on a one-year deal. You, you're going to have a very unhappy Jack Eichel here if this team is no, if they're not in better shape than they were last year or than eight before that. They get they got to, if they don't get in the playoffs, they better come real close. Because if they're like seventh place and buried in this northern division at the end of the year, I, I feel like you're gonna have a serious problem. What with Jack Eichel wanting out publicly?
0: And and as we've seen with Jeff Skinner, regardless of whether he returns to his, you know, third plus goal status this year or not, um, it's never good to be acting on what's happened the past couple of years when they, you know, they basically they kept Skinner because they missed the playoffs, even though he had a great year. You know what I mean? So Obviously we don't want the savers to be acting from behind the eight ball, I guess, so to speak there, but hopefully they get it done. I think that, uh, you know, Kruger had a strong start to last season with this team. And again, if they can get that again, they'll be, uh, all but there.
1: Yeah. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to end this with an impromptu trivia question for you. And here's the reason Uh-oh. why it's a little bit of a payback on your ass. Last Uh-oh. time I was on train wreck tonight, I, I'm you, gonna get got. I got, I had to go against, I had to go against a general owl. five trivia questions. I obviously didn't know what was coming because I literally went 0 for five, completely embarrassed myself. I disgraced myself. I disgraced my family. All my friends did not know that I'm not going to punish you in the same way, but I am going to ask you one. And it just popped in my mind because you mentioned Clarion university where my son is going to be going to school to play his college football. I want you to name there's two celebrities. Oh, no. There are I saw
0: you post this. There, I saw you
1: post there's this. There's two celebrities. Oh,
0: no. Very well-known people
1: in the sports world that are Clarion University famous alumni. They're both from sports. I know you would never get it without any. I'll, I'll even give you a hint for each. Is one of them Adrian Wojnarowski? No. He's a St. Bonaventure guy, though. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Right. Okay, so that's w- why I got it. Yeah, go ahead. I'll give you a hint. One of them is from the world of wrestling, professional wrestling, and the other one is from the world of college coaching, and they're both icons in their respective fields. Let's do the college coach one first, okay? He, he, yeah, he,
0: give him me. I'm, I'm hitting the wall here. I, I, I saw you post this, and, and they are, college, I remember thinking, wow, college basketball,
1: college basketball coach, and he's still current. And he's probably the most famous college basketball coach out there. Well, second, Coach, coach K would be one, and it's not Coach K. Hey,
0: put some respect on Bayhine's name. <laughs> um,
1: Calipari? Yeah, John Calipari.
0: Yep, yep, yep. Okay, I remember that now. And now from- Professional wrestling, I'm trying. And he's a current wrestler or former?
1: He's a- um, Or is he a legend, as they say? He's a legend. (laughs) I want to give you a hint just because I think it'll be funny as soon as you hear it. All right, give me the hint. Give me the hint. He won an Olympic medal with a broken freaking neck.
0: Oh my God, I forgot about that. Kurt Angle, yeah, Pennsylvania guy then. That's that's incredible. Kurt Angle- and
1: John Calipari, Calipari, those are
0: two great <laughs> alumni. I don't care if I—I I mean, you know, uh, uh, no ifs, ands, or buts about it.
1: All right, guys, make sure you follow Maniac on Twitter at Zach Sheldon and check out all the Trainwreck Sports content. They have their own Twitter. You can go to TrainwreckSports.com. They work really hard, man. They put out a good product, and it's a lot of fun, very entertaining, and again, informative as well. So, as always, bro, it's been a while. I'm glad we got to hook up. Thank you very much for doing my podcast. Hey,
0: thank you for having me. And let me just say, Pat, I can't wait till eight weeks from now when you are just demolishing the Buffalo Bracket 21.
1: All right, boys and girls, that is going to do it for another episode. Very big thank you again, Maniac, Zach Sheldon, Trainwreck Sports. Always like having Zach on the show. That was a lot of fun. What he doing, man? I really do. I enjoy him a lot. I think he's uh, he's got a great attitude and, and a lot of ambition and very enthusiastic. Not just in what he does, but just a good thing for the city of Buffalo. I really and I mean that too. So, thank you very much, Zach. Guys, girls, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast already, please go ahead and do that right now. Uh, Rate and review. It really helps me continue to grow this show. And of course, we're available on all the major podcasting platforms out there: Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, IR Radio, you name it. We're all over the place. So do that. Follow us on YouTube. We have our own YouTube channel. Talk about full podcast. Have some highlight clips from current and past episodes. And sooner or later, I keep saying it, but it's going to happen. Original content you'll only find there. You won't get it anywhere else. Not even on this podcast. You'll only find it on that channel. So again, talking Buffalo podcast on YouTube. Then of course, follow me on Twitter at Pamoran Tweets. I'm constantly tweeting out podcast updates and promos and upcoming guests, sports talk with fans, pop culture, TV stuff, all kinds of stuff there, man. I live on Twitter. I'm there all the time. At Pamoran Tweets, thank you so much for listening. I truly, really appreciate each and every single one of you. I know how many shows there are out there. They consume so much time. There's so much competition. Just Buffalo content alone, there's so much of it. So when you're locked into this show, I can't tell you how much it means to me. I don't take it for granted. I promise you that. I really do. So anyway, thank you very much for listening. Have a good weekend. Stay safe. Hopefully, next show, we'll be talking about a Buffalo Bills AFC Championship appearance. Hopefully, we'll talk about the Sabres off to a good start. But regardless, we will talk about it all. Brand new show next Tuesday.